When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Dr. D here, popping in just to tell you about our friendly neighborhood painting gallery. The painting gallery with no name is a friendly painting competition to encourage accountability to your pile of shame. At the end of the season, praise and prizes will be given out as a reward. At the end of the season, the Discord will vote on two winners. These winners will get a prize, and then we'll raffle out additional prizes to the remaining participants. At season end, we'll announce the winners on the show and celebrate one of the best parts of the hobby. This season's theme is a character with flight. MCP, 3D printed, or a Marvel board game, they'll all count as long as they follow that theme. Remember, take a picture of your unpainted or lightly painted model. Then paint the heck out of it. Take four photos of the freshly completed masterpiece and send us all five photos at furypainting at gmail.com by February 6th to submit your entry. Make sure your five pictures have your name on the file so we know where to send the prizes. Good luck and have fun. I speak for everyone when I say we are excited to see what you managed to paint. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate. You call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they can become something more. Like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast of a discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol and the Marvel Universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Bruffett. How are you doing today, Chris? Well, Jesse, it's going to be pretty normal in the coming couple of months and weeks and whatever for my head just to still be swimming over these changes in the game uh not to mention the new characters we're about to get uh you know it's pretty good man life's good life is good we're in the throes of the holidays this is our last episode of december and probably the year and it's a fun note to end on what are the christmas present amg gave us you know you and i recorded that we've recorded a lot lately and um i <laughs> I, I inadvertently recorded seven episodes in one week recently that's a story for another time on after dark but you know a lot of that was unintentional because of amg not dropping emergency news on us and oh yeah i planned some guest spots on some other shows which you know now are out so you can check me out on the danger room um, i'm talking convocation with mike and of course i was on omnis protocol some time back, building our first weapon X roster, which we'll return to in the future and probably have to make some changes with these secures and extracts changing. Not, yeah, not pro- there's no probably about it. You're going to, yeah, yeah. It, it, nothing is the same. Yeah, tenants of our build will stay the same and the characters will stay the same probably. And that whole concept we explored in that episode of just making the midline not feel safe of your opponent, that is still true with that team and the build we made. So we'll return to that. Obviously, check out that episode of The Danger Room, and I've linked it on our social media pages. But yeah, Chris, this is our last episode of the year. This is our Christmas episode, and we thought we'd do a fun 
character here that's been really big in Marvel recently. She's part of the MCU. She's kind of ushered in a new era of comics in general. And we thought it'd be a good way to end the year because she is kind of one of our standalone characters before we start a new series. If you notice, we did Hulkbuster, standalone character. We're doing Miss Marvel today, who's a standalone character. But then we're going to get into some affiliation pairings in the coming year, you know, like we like to do. But it's always fun to do these episodes, Chris, that kind of just float, you know. Miss Marvel, she's kind of a floating character because she's in multiple teams, right? And that's kind of a tenet of our discussion today, too. That's right, Jesse. We are talking Kamala Khan today. And unfortunately, we don't have enough time to get into everything with this character. So we're going to focus on mostly the things that have happened in Marvel publications, not just the meta outside this character because oh that's true it's huge she i mean she really did you said it earlier uh usher in a new era of marvel comics and she's massive outside of just the you know print comic sphere just really a character that represents a lot and i'm excited to talk about her today well chris we're enjoying this new era of mcpu trying to figure out these new crisis cards <laughs> trying to experience the game in a whole new light. And we're going to talk more of that in the coming episodes too, but we got to get to Miss Marvel today and take care of some business. Fury's Finest is supported by MrLaser.com and DiscountGamesInc.com. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at Patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting us and joining our Discord community through our Patreon. <clears throat> we take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. You guys keep the lights on. You guys help us pay our bills and help us keep doing this every week. Even putting out content during the holidays like this. You guys keep us going. And um, like Charles said recently in that X-Men Red episode, I, that was unplanned, by the way, that he, I did the Patreon bit, Chris, and you know, and, and Charles is like going on this spiel about, it was great, about how it is so tough sometimes as a content creator to record, edit, post, social media, all the stuff you have to do all week, you know? And um, he's like, sometimes I don't want to do it. But he's like, but the patrons keep me going. And he's like, I'm sure you guys patrons are the same way. And he, he had a lot of nice things to say about the patrons. So that was really cool, unexpected. And I echo that, and especially at the end of the year. And we'll echo this better, Chris, in our beginning of year wrap up in, in early January. But really means a lot that you guys kept us going this year. And uh, this was a bigger year for the Patreon and just listeners and followers in general. So we cannot thank you enough for that. This week, we want to thank Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. And of course, like always, our Avengers dream team, Rusty, Dylan, Nathan, Brian, Rich, and Jason. Thank you so much, guys. You guys, you guys rule. All right, Chris, let's move on to Miss Marvel lore. All right, Jesse, it's time to get into Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel, Marvel's latest superstar of a character. Like always, we like to begin with a little kind of synopsis here. Kamala Khan is a Pakistani American. She is a young Muslim teenager living in Jersey City. Big time. That's a big part of her character, yeah. It's true. She loves Jersey City. Her best known power, of course, is her, you know, size changing polymorph kind of stuff. She can uh, mimic, you know, other humans, but most of the time she's just making those fists really big and punching fools. Yeah. Her big informed. Yeah. Yeah, man. She can uh, heal very, very quickly, though she cannot uh, heal 
and tra- use her transformation powers at the same time. Yeah, it's almost healing factor in a way, right, Chris? When she goes in a back, lot of ways, yeah. It's almost like an Iceman sort of situation where it's like when she's transformed. Good call. She, she can take some damage when she's in her transformed state. And as long as she goes back to her human state and kind of gets out of the fight, she's fine. She's healed. It's a quasi healing factor. It takes time for her to heal in her normal state or get back to being able to transform and things like that, depending on the severity of the injury. But yeah, you know, if it's not too bad, she's right back in it. It's pretty cool. It is cool, man. Of course, Ms. Khan is an inhuman and everything that comes along with that, though she has chosen to mostly stay living in Jersey. Now, Jesse, to kind of illustrate how just big and not complicated, but just big. And there's a lot to it. Uh, Her outside of the page, you know, the Miss Marvel meta story is the character has, let me count them real quick. One, two, three, four, five creators. Normally we've got two. Normally it's like Marv Wolfman and somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. This time we have Sana Aminat, Stephen Wacker, G. Willow Wilson, Adrian Alfana, and Jamie McClevy, all accredited with the creation of Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. And she made her first appearance in Marvel comic books in Captain Marvel number 14, published August of 2013. Jesse, this is a very recent character. No, absolutely. We're, we're in the Miles territory right now, right? We are in the Miles territory, and I am glad you mentioned him because, of course, famously, and I will never let anyone forget, Kamala and Miles are both on the champions. That's right. One of my favorite new teams in Marvel Comics. But we got to get to that a little bit later. We got to start at the beginning, folks. Kamala is born in Jersey City. She is the daughter of Yusuf Khan and Muniba Khan. Uh, She has an older brother, Amir. And they moved to the U.S. from Karachi, Pakistan. Kamala was not even sure she was born at the time. I think she was born in the States. Of course, in kindergarten, she would meet her f- one of her best friends, Nakia. And a few years later, she would meet her other best friend, Bruno. And these two will play a major part in the hero's life. Very similar to, you know, Miles and his buds. Yeah. So to bring everyone up very quickly on the Inhumans, Inhumans are kind of a traditionally in Marvel, they live, they've been around for a long time and they live in the blue zone of the moon, which is an inhabitable area of the moon. They're, they're, you know, they're kind of their own subspecies. I want to say that they've stayed mostly to themselves. Atalan their capital city, you know, is is inhabited by inhumans. They've got their own culture. They've got their own society. You enter into the Terrigen Mists voluntarily upon adulthood to be be bestowed your inhuman gifts. But of course, with Marvel losing, well, really Marvel selling the rights to the X-Men to save itself from going into bankruptcy, when the MCU would really get popping. Ike Perlmutter, of course, horrible person that he is, would say, why Why are we promoting the X-Men? Fox has the movie rights. We 
Let's just use the Inhumans. And of course, Ike is also the person that brought us the horrible Inhumans television show. Maybe not horrible, but very ill-fated. Not very well-received. Did not do well ratings-wise. Just objectively a flop. So because of this, Marvel decides the X-Men are done. We're going to build up the Inhumans as the next X-Men because we have their film rights. So X-Men versus Inhumans you know, it's kind of contrived to, you know, with these Terrigen bombs that Black Bolt is going to going to detonate around the Earth to bring all these latent inhumans that are unknowingly in the human populace from, you know, maybe an inhuman left Atalon and had kids with a, a human. And, you know, four or five generations later, it's a recessive trait, uh, mm. maybe a kind of dormant gene. So Black Bolt does these Terrigen mist bombs and they form Terrigen clouds that kind of float around the globe. And as they do, and people breathe in the Terrigen mist, they, you know, begin their metamorphosis into inhumans. And of course, the night that one of these Terrigen mist clouds is hitting Jersey city is the night that there's a big party. And Kamla's been recently getting bullied at school for being, you know, kind of a rule follower and not much of a extracurricular, yep. you know, kind of person just with drink or do any of these bad habit kind of things that, that only cool kids in high school do. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to sneak out, go to this party, of course, against her parents' wishes and notably against her best friend Bruno's wishes as well. The party is not going to go well. She's going to end up bailing and she's going to walk home in this strange fog. And of course, the fog is Terrigen. And of course, the Terrigen mist will transform Kamala Khan. She will enter her chrysalis and emerge. Initially, she looks like a young Miss Marvel, a Carol Danvers style Miss Marvel, which comes mm -hmm. with its own bag of Marvel rebranding. Well, not just Marvel rebranding, but just, you know. A whole hairball of questions and problems uh, racially, you know, young Muslim girl transforming into a white woman, you know, all that. Let's not forget, guys, for the better or worse, Kamala Khan is kind of responsible for the woke era of Marvel, which, look, there was good and there was bad in that era. I'm I'm all for representation, 100 percent. Mm hmm. But there's some really bad choices made during this era. So, uh, just for the like, sake of, well, yeah. I mean, look, the, the whole era comes crashing down with, uh, I forget the other hero's name, but one of them is uh, Safe Space. So let's just, let's just stay away from that. Yeah. Let's stay away from that. That's just, who got paid to think that one up? Come on. Anyway, I digress. Kamala Khan, she is in oh, for a. Sure. Yeah, she's in the cocoon. Yeah, and you're going to say it. Okay, I was I was trying to get us back on that point because her vision is very important, right? Her vision that her she vision has is very important. in the cocoon. In the cocoon, which honestly, yes. the vision is you got to think about this. This is not something that's actually happening. This is almost like a vision she's happening with her subconscious or her conscious, and she's seeing her three favorite superheroes, which of course is Carol Danvers, Tony Stark, and Steve Rogers, and they're talking to her. Right? They are. It's and surreal. It's extremely surreal. And of course, they're not talking English, Yep. It, which is very confusing to Kamala as well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but 
Yeah, it, it is very, very interesting. And of course, she's become a polymorph, right? She doesn't know how to control these powers yet. She doesn't even know she has powers. Normally, an inhuman enters these Terrigen Mists voluntarily, knowing that they're going to possibly die or become a, a rock person or, you know, whatever. They know that they may never be the same physically mm. or able to yeah. be the same physically. She had no idea. She didn't know she'd entered this cocoon. She just thought she was drunk, uh, which she wasn't. But of course, she'd never been drunk. She doesn't know what being drunk's like. She's 16. Right. She thinks she's drunk and, you know, she passes out, has this vision. And the next thing she knows, she's kicking out of this, you know, black crystal cocoon and she doesn't look like herself and she doesn't sound like herself. You know, it's it's all extremely confusing. She will quickly get a hold of these powers, at least enough to get home. But on the way home, she will actually save her bully from dying, her her drunk bully uh, from dying. And of course, being a 16-year-old and it being the Marvel Universe, when she does get home, she's feeling really good about herself. She's got these <laughs> powers. She just saved someone. Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, she looked like Carol Danvers while she did it, but she saved someone, which blessing in disguise, of course, because no one knows her secret identity now. Yep. And she got to live out her dream of being her. Oh, she absolutely did. Yeah. She absolutely did. But she also got busted by her parents for yep. going to the party and got the big grounded. And I think a big part of her story, Chris, this comes up now while we're here is her family is a very traditional conservative Pakistani family. And yes. that's a big part of the story. And it's kind of a twist on the Peter Parker being a 16 year old, managing your life, managing your teen life and your superpowers. But with this whole other worldview of that, she's obviously Pakistani and she has parents from that world. It's cool. It's like, it's cool that we're doing a new take on the Peter Parker thing in a completely interesting, different direction. And uh, that's a tenet of her life. It absolutely is. And, you know, there's some other things that she's going a against a lot of the peter tropes too yeah yeah she does have friends and she has friends that will quickly know her secret identity she has a supportive family i think she loses her dad eventually but it's comics yeah, a lot of the come, things that peter gets come back further down the line right did they it's right. kind of like they've learned from the all those years of yeah <laughs> right cut through some uh filler you know get right to the good stuff <laughs> absolutely so Kamala would start to get a handle on her powers. She would come up with a costume design that is both an homage to Carol Danvers and her old Miss Marvel uniform, but it's also very appropriate for a 16-year-old girl and a conservative 16-year-old girl at that. Yeah, and it has the colors of Captain Marvel's suit, so it's kind it of does. bridging the gap of it all does. things. You know, and she's a huge Captain Carol Danvers fan, so it's pretty cool. She would... You know, get into some superheroing pretty quickly. She would save her friends. She will stop an offshoot of Hydra from gentrifying and taking over Jersey City. She will uh, pal around with Lockjaw for a while, which is awesome. She will meet the yeah. the uh, through a meeting with Wolverine. She will learn of her inhuman heritage. She will meet the inhuman Royal family, but she will choose to keep her life as Kamala Khan in Jersey. She will become an Avenger pretty quickly. Jesse, man, it's her dream. Of course <laughs> I skipped a couple things. She is around for the last days of the Marvel six, one six pre 
Hickman Secret Wars, you know, the conjoining of all the the multiverse or whatever. Yeah. And uh, honestly, the the issue or two leading into that is pretty interesting. You get to see the world end from Kamala's point of view. It's very cool. Wow. She will of course be in the 616 uh, upon the relaunch of Marvel and that is when she will through meeting the meeting of new young Nova, like I said, she kicked off the new the the woke era. So we've got a bunch of new young characters inheriting these mantles, and they usually tend to be people of color. So she meets new Nova. They end up through a comic misadventure helping the Avengers joining the Avengers along with a young Miles Morales Spider-Man, but the Avengers weren't really working for these three young heroes. The Avengers were very much more focused on the bigger picture, the big stuff coming in and doing the things only they could do. And then, you know, leaving to go do the things only they could do somewhere else. And our young kids saw all the destruction being caused by these superhero fights and Kamala, especially, you know, her and Nova got into an argument about how much collateral damage he caused uh, while they kind of did their first inadvertent team up. So she's always been thinking about this. This is at the forefront of her mind. This is part of the central tenant of her character. She, she's very for everyone. She's a very power to the people type of character. And these three would split from the Avengers and they would end up forming the champions the champions volume one, especially would see a bunch of new characters introduced. It's kind of the second iteration of the young Avengers or think the Teen Titans. It's kind of going for that. It's not always a super successful book and what it's trying to do. Uh, volume two is, is better, but I love champions. I just do. She will be heavily involved in Civil War number two. Of course, she will start with Carol Danvers, move over to Iron Man, uh, Iron Man's side, and yeah, no. So, Jesse, like I said, there there is a little bit more to the character, but I can't give you everything. She's only been around for a few years. There's not just a ton, ton, ton to talk about yet, but I hope you guys enjoyed this little synopsis of... Miss Marvel and kind of what she means as a character, what her motivating factors are. I know we've got a little bit more to talk about in the lore section, but anything stand out to you, Jesse? Any questions? Yeah, you're right. She hasn't even hit her 10-year anniversary yet, though it is coming up in the coming years. That's still very early for a comic book character. It is. And the fact that she means as much as she does, is as famous as she is. And guys, I'm going to be honest. Her books are good. There's a lot of wisdom in in the behind this character uh the writers of this character have mostly been some very very talented women and they have outside of the team books and there's a lot of wisdom there uh it's really good stuff well it's like just as i i talked about at the front but something i really like about her story is like just as miles is kind of a modern different take on spider-man i feel like 
I feel like Ms. Marvel is an even more interesting version of that storyline, which is just at its core, a teenager who gets these great powers and great responsibilities from a certain background, from a part of their city they really care about. Same with all three of these characters, by the way. They really care about the part of the city they're from and the neighborhood they're from and what they do with those powers and how they manage a teenage life on top of managing their powers. Meanwhile, always being good hearted characters like I, I like that fact that we've got you've got a good lens to look through the powers and things that happen with yes. these characters you know great and point I think peter miles and kamala are all right there with each other and they represent a lot of hope and marvel in a lot of interesting they ways do. and they really they really care about the big picture for the mm. greater of humanity not just yes they care about the minutiae they care about the small people yeah that's true and it's it's refreshing it's refreshing in Marvel. And it's also, I think a lot of the things you just said, that's the Marvel secret sauce, right? Yeah, it is. You keep caring <laughs> about the the neighborhood balancing, the 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 secret identity. We just talked about all the notes of the best Daredevil stuff, yeah. Exactly. You were you know talking I mean? about Peter, and I was thinking about Daredevil the whole <laughs> that time. That more mature Spider-Man we've talked about many times on our show. but Oh, he's just the best. A cool thing we haven't touched on yet, and I really want to touch on now, because I think now's the perfect time right before we get into the MCU. You and I both talked about how she t- ushered in a new era of comics, and I think it's more than just what you talked about, what, whether being oh, more it absolutely representative. Is. It, it's, it's a whole episode in and of itself. Like, And we're thinking about doing that very soon. <laughs> we, we scratched, barely scratched the surface on this character here. I just wanted those of you that, who is this? What's going on? Just now yeah. you've got an idea. And you know whether you want to go, listener, yeah. That like the representation part you mentioned—that's only like twenty-five percent of the pie. If that, there's oh so many gosh. other elements going on with this era in comics. And something I find very cool about this, and we could do a whole episode on this, and we probably will. But is a facet of her character is the meta analysis of our culture and our culture of growing up with these comic book characters, and how she is quite honestly one outside of the younger mutants and X-Men, you know, she is one of those few characters that exists more like us in the real world. Like she's a fan of comic book characters. Yeah. This is why she has the vision with Steve, with Tony, with Carol. And like, it's very meta, but it's also very grounded in the universe. And she's kind of separate from even a Peter or miles who get their power set. They've maybe, maybe miles has heard of these superheroes. Peter had not because he is so early, but it's like, it's very different. She is a fangirl first, right? She's Miles a fangirl is from first. a different universe, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But yes, she absolutely is a fan of these of these yeah. comics or, or these characters, you know, as heroes in her world. She's yep. literally made fun of, uh, you know, in her school for it. And then she becomes their peer. It is. And in some ways. Multi-layer. She reminds them of why they even got started in the first place. And let's not forget, ooh, her first team up is with Wolverine, man. I know. That's I so cool. It. It's so on brand for him. I've talked about it in other episodes. I've, I've mentioned it, and oh, the art, the art style in that uh, in that comic, the way Wolverine is drawn is just primo. Yeah, it fits her comic style, but it's, it's so great. And yeah, them fighting the inventor, you know, just if you ever want to watch, look up a series of Wolverine ment- mentoring a new superhero and them fighting. Biomechanically mechanically modified you know alligators in the sewer and stuff with this kind of c grade villain 
that they're fighting. Oh, absolute street level villain yeah. was about to be beaten by a teenager, you know, but almost like a spider foes type villain. Like it's like, mm-hmm. a, absolutely. Like, but just aspiring to be a spider foes villain. He's not there. He's not a doc Ock or a lizard yet or something, but he's, he's working on it. Maybe someday that concept that we love so much. One of the things I do love about Logan, Chris, where it's like he he's got so many flaws, but one of his better features is is being a really good mentor and father. And it's something they explore, obviously, with Lord Kenny in the future. And now we're in a new new state. With, yeah, he's know. mentored so many different characters. Yeah. And especially the younger mutants and the younger mm-hmm. new fledgling superheroes that's kind of his forte and um loners and outcasts yeah 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 so what a pair up and also another thing with that metal analysis and kind of bring her to our world you know think about she's this massive fan of captain marvel and then she gets to don the old school miss marvel and become her own modern version of miss marvel but it's like it's more than that she's also a conduit for new young readers and specifically new young female readers because that's the way marvel designed her she's a fan of female superheroes and then with her being a fan young readers read her comics and they say oh i should read captain marvel or i should read you know what i mean something about x character and it's like that was all part of this new era of comics too and i think it's really cool i actually think it's really effective yes it was and i i think you're absolutely correct i think we should do an extra curricular episode okay on just miss marvel and her impact uh meta wise and some other character i mean miles is in there too i mean and you mentioned that more. sort of seeing the world and the comic book cycle in through her eyes and kind of reset in some ways it's cool that's part of the new era she's ushering too so there's a lot of that so yeah we'll definitely have to do it but we got to move on to miss marvel and the mcu of course she's played by the wonderful iman Vellani, and this is a cinderella story if anything chris this girl had never acted in anything she found a casting call on WhatsApp from her family, her Pakistani awesome. aunts on it to her and was like, you got to do this. And it just happened to be that she was a massive Kamala Khan fan and a massive Avengers fan, a massive Perfect. MCU fan. She's a, she's an MCU trivia master. This girl is, if you see her knowledge, it's insane of the MCU and the comics. And, you know, she got called back. She got called back again. And and then what do you know? Feige's calling her on her phone and she's she's more nerding out that Feige's calling her than her getting the role. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she's so that wild. much of an um, MCU comic fan. It's like she's she is the character in real life. Like she's she she is a manifestation of this character in our world, you know, and life imitates art. Yeah, it's so awesome that she got the role and um, she does a really great job on the show, which just came out this very year called Miss Marvel 2022 production season one on Disney Plus. That's all we have thus far, even though she's slated to return very soon in the Marvels. There is something I want to say real quick in the show and the in the MCU, they have changed her power set a little bit Yep, and she is not an inhuman with the aforementioned uh, flopping of the inhuman show and uh ike perlmutter just being a miserable human uh the inhumans will not be in the mcu for a while yeah so they did change that and they also changed her and biggin to be more cosmic energy of sorts where she kind of it's almost like a more of an armor thing or yeah, sort she's of got like, like the ring thing going on the power band thing kind of like shang chi and I, I, yeah. I wonder if they're gonna kind of intertwine those things i'm down with it shang chi was an awesome movie yeah so 
Iman is excellent. She's absolutely charismatic and perfect at this role. She nails the character. She nails, you know, she actually nails Kamala really well. And she also nails the learning to be a superhero character aspect really well. And then on the fact you had the show's really good and really done in that coming of age Disney Channel style with our sort of Scott Pilgrim twist. It's really well done, really fun. And um, I'm looking for more with her, especially with her uniting with, of course, Carol Danvers in the Marvels. That's going to be really exciting and seeing what that's like on screen. I'm excited. But I'm actually most excited to see her work in the Avengers under Sam Wilson's leadership and what that looks like in this new coming era of this new phase. Hopefully it's not Civil War Two. I don't think it will be. <laughs> Fingers crossed, about, bud. It's all about Kang coming up. Oh, Jonathan Majors rules. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, Jesse, let's we gotta get this lore uh done yep. because we've gotta talk about Miss Marvel in MCP. So let me give some comic book recommendations really quick. Please do. Just read Marvel, Miss Marvel, Volume One. Go ahead and read Volume Two when you're done with that. And then just yep. read Champions. Just read every champions book they put out. All right, Chris, well, let's get over to strategy and discuss Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan in MCP. Her name is Miss Marvel. Her alter ego is Kamala Khan. She is a transforming character. So we'll just get that out the gate. She has two cards on her one card. So we will talk about her stats, which of course are the same on both sides. And then we'll talk about her normal side and her big side. So her stats are three physical, respectable, four energy, and three mystic. Her stamina is five, and she's a three threat character. On her injured side, she also has a stamina of five, putting her an average of 10. You know, Chris, nothing crazy here, but the four energy is nice. The four energy is super nice. I think four energy is like about the least you see of the fours. 100%. You're right. That, that was just, what a horrible sentence. I'm so sorry, <laughs> listener. <laughs> but... Yeah, I, I love that for pay to flips. I mean, honestly. As do I, as you and the listeners both know, because she's come up in some of the themes of my list. Oh, really? Yeah, a little bit. Let's talk about her normal side, Chris, because this is an interesting character in itself. If she didn't even transform, the normal side's interesting. So on her normal side, which is her small base form, and she's so tiny. I love the mini is so tiny. It's awesome. I know. Uh, she has a physical attack called Morpho Punch. It's range four, strength of four, power cost of zero. After the stack is resolved, Miss Marvel gains one power. So, of course, that's our classic just gainer. Four dice is not very good, but range four is very good. It being gainer is very good. And then it has a wild trigger of push. The target character is size two or less before damage is dealt. Target character may be pushed towards Miss Marvel short. So, this is actually here kind of pulling them in. It's not a push away. So, this is a higher skill push to pull off. It is. It's nice though. Range four with the push. I wish it had sure. more dice, but you, I mean, she's, she's got the innate reroll, so that's cool. Yeah. Which we'll get to later, but we yeah, the innate reroll helps a lot, but um, yeah, range four is nice, right? It's her only attack on this side though. You're right, Chris. So what else has she got on this side? What does she have? She has got an active superpower called in biggin it will cost you three power miss marvel transforms into miss marvel embiggened this superpower can be used only once per turn so it's going to utilize all of the transformation mechanics she's going to be able to place within one of the smaller model with the bigger model yep she has has to be placed one yeah has, yeah and her other model is size four so it's pretty <laughs> big it's cool yeah, absolutely. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about the Morpho Punch that I forgot to say over that. It is a push towards you. 
it is harder to pull off than push away. But just keep in mind, it's always just towards you. Like you don't have to stop. Something I ran into early on when we first played MCP, I was thinking, oh, it surely has to stop right at like the point it would reach the same threshold as your base. But you can push characters past your own base as long as you clear it, right? As long as you're in that, like you can push them past you. So keep that in mind. If you really think about it, the theme makes more sense. You know, it's like, why would why would it have to stop at a certain point with with it not hitting anything, right? So just keep that in mind. She can position people really well. But yeah, Chris, this and Biggin is a big part of her kit. I mean, this is what's really going to turn her online and three power is a lot. We know it that is. as it should be because her big inside is really good, but keep in mind it's very expensive to do this. And in keeping her expensive train going, she has another active superpower called take out the trash keeping with her lore and some of the things in her comics. It costs three choose an interactive terrain feature or enemy character. We love that both sides, two or less within three of her. We also love that. That's a storm throw and throw it short this super Meal used only once per turn. So good. It's really versatile. It's just expensive as it should be, you know, because no, that's a range throwing, three. Yeah. Range three character throw. Yeah. You're going to have to pay for that, bud. I'm, I am sorry to say. I still catch people out all the time with Tempest on storm, which is only characters, by the way, she did can't throw terrain, but, but you can measure it max range three, right? pay the three power and storm just like you can miss con here and then just throw them short and it feels crazy for people they're like wow you're so far away from me and you threw me short you basically yeah. gave me a stagger this round right before i've gone and put you at almost range five yeah if not beyond depending on the side i mean yeah but closing out her normal side chris she is a she has two innates she has the inhuman innate and i think this is our first inhuman on the show even though we've talked about them through news episodes, but the Inhuman reroll is what we lovingly call it in our passing at local events. But it is pretty inhuman. cool. It's it's an innate yeah. reroll on attack or defense, which just one die every yeah. time. Incredible! It's it's Consistent. built into their kit for free, and it's better than a lot of leaderships. This is why Medusa is nuts because Dude, she Medusa already hits well nuts. without that. Yeah, so this gives Miss Marvel. A lot of consistency with her defenses that really don't mathematically show up when you read 343. Three. You've almost got to read these as slightly higher numbers. At least give them a 0.5 in your mind. Yeah. And just think, oh, she's actually tankier than I thought, even though she only has five health on both sides. And of course, being a human, she also has a secondary immunity that all humans have, which is immunity to poison because the Terrigen missed. So she's not being affected by Omega Red or some of the Hydra shenanigans pretty cool um just a nice little bonus that she's not going to be affected by power issues in the power right. phase because she's immune to poison which is nice because you want to embiggen and take out the trash as much as possible chris <laughs> as much as possible yeah now let's talk about why we want to embiggen we've talked about taking out the trash so jesse when you transform you're going to have access to a new set of things and a new base yeah, and an entirely new model. Uh, that first thing is a physical attack. It is called High Five. It has a range of three, but keep in mind the base of this model is huge. That's that large base size that Hulk yeah. has, right? And you've got that range one place off of the original, the smaller Miss Marvel. Absolutely. So you should be able to get this off. If if you can't, I'm not sure why you embiggened. Uh, it is range three, strength five. Power cost of zero after this attack is resolved. Miss Marvel gains power equal to the damage dealt. She retains the inhuman reroll. She gains two new 
innate superpowers. The first of the new ones is morphogenetics. Now, I'm going into this very quickly here because these high five and morphogenetics are not to be taken separately. Yeah. It's part of why you embiggen, right? When making attacks, if the target character is smaller than this character, now you are a size four when using high five, Miss Marvel may reroll two of her attack dice. So that five dice attack mm-hmm. has three rerolls. Right. Essentially, what is that? If you don't scroll out. Dice? Yeah. If you don't scroll out. So what is that? Six and a half, seven, eight dice? It's eight dice, really. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. So, and of course, in Miles' leadership, you can modify skulls. So we'll get to that later. But <laughs> there is a downside to this morphogenics. Now, keep in mind, this downside comes at the end of your activation, not after you do this attack Chris talked about with all these rerolls. But it also says morphogenics additionally at the end of Miss Marvel's embiggened activation, she has to transform back into Miss Marvel normal. Now, keep in mind, you can actually do this to get you safe with some extracts and stuff, potentially, because you can place you have to place within range one again. Keep in mind, it can also mess you up on getting the secure. You're, you think you're good on the secure and then you place and you're just outside of, it could happen. It could happen. So keep that in mind. Make sure you place in the right, correct direction. But yeah, ideally in your big form, you're getting two attacks off with all these rerolls and you're getting consistency in building your power basically for your next turn because Miss Marvel is a very difficult character to play, Chris, because she's kind of always planning that. for that next turn. The amount of power you're building this turn is going to affect next turn in a big way. We've got one more power to talk about, Jesse, and then we'll get into how okay. we want to use this character. But we yep. have to talk about this last in a other than her immunity to poison, of course, but it is polymorph. Miss Marvel may interact with objective tokens within range two instead of the normal range one. So that's kind of a toad type ability. This is representing her stretchiness, her, you know, and oh my gosh, when Mr. Fantastic comes to the game, what's it going to be like range three? Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> so now let's talk She's about this. size toad. Yeah. <laughs> Hulk size based Hulk toad. size toad. That's good. So you're wanting to get three power on her as soon as possible so you can embiggen and when you embiggen i'm you're hoping round two the plan is i'm assuming to get two high fives off two eight dice attacks possibly yeah yeah to try to build enough power to embiggen or throw next turn or next activation hopefully yeah um this polymorph is huge though too chris sometimes depending on the state of the game let's say you spike with the character before she goes and you sure get them to drop something and it's kind of way out of the way. I mean, you might just embiggen, move, polymorph to reach and stretch and grab something and then punch somebody and then transform back range one, right? There's a lot of interesting things. Notice she's not like Ant-Man and Wasp. She doesn't drop objectives when she transforms and stuff um, because obviously thematically she's go back to a normal sized person. Um, Unlike them, they're kind of going tiny. So they have to drop stuff. So yeah, the options are kind of limitless, right? Your goal is to always either double tap with her in Bicken form or get somewhere you couldn't get because we haven't mentioned it yet. Um, and that was our mistake up front. But, you know, we did mention that she's a size four in her Bicken side. She's a size two in her normal side size. She doesn't have a wall car or anything. But keep in mind, when you're size four, you're really passing over most terrain on the map with no issues. And she's medium movement on both transformations. This isn't an Ant-Man or Wasp scenario where 
their movement increases or decreases depending on the size they are. This is like a hood scenario. It's just medium move across the board. So medium move on a large base model is Malekith movement, you know, it's without the big, flight. Big, yeah, big, big. <laughs> so sometimes you're going to do weird stuff with her that feels wrong because she does hit so hard, but you're just like, oh, I'm on a D map. I'm going to double move in my big form and then transform. And I'm suddenly on a, a, another D that my opponent didn't think I could get to, you know, on that giant diamond spread shape. She's really good at that. She's really good at repositioning almost like a web warrior if you have to, you know, but yeah, you're right. You want to punch as hard as you can on a size three character or smaller, which is most characters in the game that are size two or size three and build that power effectively. You could use this on a bigger character, like a size four or size five, but then it's just a five dice attack with one reroll. It's not that good. It'd be probably better just to get her in a better position. So what I find so interesting about her character card, Chris, and something we're going to talk about now here at the end of her summation is she's really good on both sides. And AMG designed this game in a really good way where it's like, in order to get the most out of her, you have to make hard decisions to like commit on a certain term to be turn to be like, you know, this is a normal Kamala Khan turn because I want that throw. I want it to happen, you know, or this is a, I've got to embiggen and do some damage turn, but you never really get both. I mean, you can occasionally get both like say she gets flipped, right? And she's on a ton of power. Okay. Then you can get a throw, which is what you want on her, on her human side. And then you can embiggen. So you spent six power now, which is nuts. And then you can, you know, hopefully double tap with her high five or something like that, or pick up a polymorphed further away objective. But yeah, people are not ready for how she can get to objectives. Cause you got to think about this. Chris mentioned it, but you're doing a range one place to transform her into a big into a large base. And then you can medium move and then you can toad range two, grab something. And then you can place range one again and get back. It's like if there was a way to leave proxy minis behind every time you played her, it'd actually be really helpful when you first play her to kind of open your mind to how she moves. Cause you're how like, much she can move. That's, that's an interesting thought and maybe a, a good, maybe a good idea for folks to do those yeah. boring winter days. <laughs> yeah. Maybe put out some, uh, grab a Hulk and juggernaut and then grab some, uh, little size, small size based characters, like some small characters, like some miles, miles and stuff out there and some Gwen's and just, put her initial spot and then put all her transformation directions and see, wow, I can really, I can get some places with this character, you know, terrain, not even slowing me down, honestly, except those size fives, right? So on her big side, so she's weirdly mobile. She's weirdly tanky. If your defense dice are average and she's rolling more defense on top of that. And she weirdly hits hard. If your attack dice are pretty average or even spike, cause then she's getting three rerolls on top of that. Like Chris mentioned in, that's a lot of rerolls, man. She's probably one of the most interesting characters we've talked about on the show thus far, Chris, because she is a very, she's absolutely worth her threat, but she's not a plug and play. She's not a plug and play. No, I would not recommend just plugging her into lists and just like going to a tournament, <laughs> like get some reps. What? That's not what you did at Lone Star? Right. You didn't just put her in on a, on a whim? No, I did not. I, Interesting. Honestly, I had, I had less reps with her than I would have been comfortable with for Lone Star, but I, it felt right to bring her and I was pretty happy about her being in the list and I feel better about her now because honestly I've had this conversation off mic a lot with Chris and others just on her normal side. She's a force. Like you can round one, put her on like a side C point 
or something like that, or just a side, we're going to call them side flanks now because there's so many objectives in the game, and you can move up medium, and you can morpho punch somebody and potentially just pull them off that objective, right? And you built a little bit of power, you took them off, and they might have been a higher value piece, and then you're you're primed for turn two to have three power to embiggen or take out the trash immediately, right? And that was a pretty good round one with her. Pretty good round one with her. Is, yeah, it's pretty is good. That, power phase, move up, do the gainer, get one more power, so now you're two power, and then push the enemy character off the point. That's fine. That's a good spot to be in. It's pretty good Range turn. 4 is, it's notable. Range 4 is notable, honestly. It really is. I mean, range 5 is awesome, and I love it. I think about it. But I mean, range 4, you, you don't have to have any range 5 attacks in your list, I don't think, but it's a pretty good idea to have at least a range 4 in there somewhere. I mean, so you're just not going to no. always, you're not going to always be able to be exactly where you need to be. Sometimes you got to reach out and touch somebody. Absolutely. And, you know, we mentioned up top to her energy defense. I'll say it again. I mean, four energy defense with a reroll is basically five energy defense. And she can do some interesting one-on-ones with some energy attacking characters. And in fact, that's what she did for me at the finals of Lone Star Open was she fought Starlord on a flank and shook off all of his element gun attacks, you know? Because nice. essentially five defense is really good defense uh, against a energy attacker like that. So pretty cool. Pretty interesting that she can do that. But yeah, Chris, there's a lot of ways you can take this character. And she's she's cool. She can be a beatdown on her embiggen side. She can be a control piece on her normal side with her pulls and her throws. And then, of course, she can be an extract carrier or grabber when the time is right. And she can also do those pay to flips too with that sort of same play style because keep in right. mind, you can still reach those pay to flips with your stretchy arm, right? And pay to flip them. So that's cool too. So there's elements of her kit that work in all facets of the game. And it's why she's not a plug and play because she's not really, she's not so much a Swiss army knife. I, I, you know, if she was a Swiss army knife, all these abilities would be on one card. They would not be a transform card. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> she's like this alter ego type character. She plays two different ways on her two transformations, which is great, but it makes her really hard to play well. And I think that makes her oh, rewarding sure. when, you, when you slam games with her. Honestly, if you play a lot of games with her, it makes it really rewarding to play her. She's honestly one of the most fun characters to play in the game, without a doubt, because of this, how many things that can happen on her kit and how you can kind of start seeing the matrix with her after many games. So I, I think it's cool. I think I really rec- recommend her, but we've got to go into her tactics cards before we do affiliations. Her first tactic card is a better tomorrow. It's unaffiliated and active and requires Miss Marvel and Miles in your roster. If Miles Morales is within two of an allied Miss Marvel, keep in mind this is just Miles Morales alter ego. I love they future proof the game. If we get another Miles in the future, this could work. Oh, we're going to get a champion's affiliation. It better happen. If Miles is within range two of an allied Miss Marvel normal, so in her normal form, both characters may spend two each to play this card. Miss Marvel normal transforms into embiggened, but when resolving this transformation, place Miss Marvel embiggened within range three, like a web swing, instead of range one and then played Miles Morales within range one of Miss Marvel. This card is nuts, Chris, because I just talked about all the crazy things you could do getting her in places that you weren't expecting. Now you're getting her and Miles together. She threw him. He web-swinged. Yeah, a lot of cool things happened. That is really cool. And the only big problem with it I see is two power each. That's hard to do turn one. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, absolutely not going to happen turn one, but it can close the game out. Just It could just end the game. Like you get them across the table where they weren't ready. But in keeping with her teamwork spirit, Chris, you want to read her next card, Fan Club. 
Fan Club is an unaffiliated reactive card. When an allied Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, uses the Danvers special Her active superpower, the binary form active superpower, or the rocket punch attack, after the effect or attack is resolved, an allied Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, may spend three power to play this card. If Captain Marvel used the Danvers special superpower, Miss Marvel may throw an interactive terrain feature or an enemy character of size three or less and within range two short. If Captain Marvel used the binary form superpower, Miss Marvel normal may transform into Miss Marvel in big end after transforming, push all enemy characters within range two of Miss Marvel away short in the order of your choosing. If Captain Marvel used the rocket punch attack, Miss Marvel may advance medium towards the target character of the attack. Man. What a card. What a card. Dripping with theme, dripping with flavor. And so good. Super useful. Super useful. Honestly, that binary form, that binary form trigger is massive. Right, because the push. Well, yeah, the push. And I was going to say, Free and biggin is Captain huge. Marvel. You're wanting to binary every single turn the game you can, and once she gets it going, she kind of has it the rest of the game. That's kind of how her power economy works. So you're just going to binary with Captain Marvel a lot. You're also going to throw with Captain Marvel a lot. So I love that she's mimicking her hero. Like Captain Marvel throws, she throws. Captain Marvel uses binary form and transforms. Miss Marvel transforms into her yeah. biggin, right? And then I love that if Captain Marvel does her spender and hits someone really hard, Miss Marvel comes running in to also hit the same target if she can uh getting a free medium move out of it obviously the weakest out of all these but obviously probably the one you're gonna do the least rocket punches the miss the captain marvel thing you're gonna do the least because you're always gonna binary form and throw with captain marvel as much as possible so well it's it's just cool it's situational i mean a free out of activation medium movement can can be very strong in the right situation. So uh, it's this is than a climbing gear. Yeah. Which is right. gone from the game. So, yeah, this is a very, <laughs> this is a very good card. If you have a team that can utilize them both, is this going to make your five competitively? It's going to be hard to do. It depends game to game. Yeah, honestly. And how much you're playing the two of these characters, unless you're playing them all the time, but they don't, I mean, we talked about this off mic. Kamala is not, a member of the A-Force. She's not an affiliated A-Force character. It's tough. It is tough. So you can get them in, uh, they're both affiliated Avengers, but if you're playing Avengers, are you going with a team centered around these two? I don't know. Well, Chris, that leads us right into our affiliation discussion. We got to talk about the teams that she is affiliated with, and that's the Avengers. So Sam and Steve's teams, both respectively, of course, slight nod to Hulkbuster, Tony Stark. And then she's also part of the Inhumans, which is very cool that she actually fits their team quite well. And the fact that both the Inhumans and Avengers, Steve respectively, are both ways to give her power to make sure and biggins happen more often is really good. That's actually really helpful. She's kind of nuts in Steve for this purpose because basically her throw is two and her embiggen is two, uh, depending on which one you want to do, right? So that's cool. But also the Inhumans, you can just pass power every round. Yes. Get her ready. And I think she's a really nice piece there because 
you know, a lot of cred where cred is due with the Inhumans, not only do they have the advanced R&D of return, but they all have one re-roll. And it's kind of like the secondary part of their leadership, right? So they all have a just lot of consistency. Just a little bit tankier. Yeah, they hit just yeah. a little bit more often. Yeah. They're just a little bit more consistent in their attacks and defense. And that's cool. But yeah, those are her two teams. She is not A-Force, which is a huge bummer. But I do think yes. she's a great member of the A-Force getting more power as the game goes on, kind of doing that ramp play style we talked about that the A-Force is. I think she slots right into that team quite well. She's also really good at a lot of other teams in the game, Chris. So Asgard, she's shockingly good because she's good at the energy pay to flips like we've already talked about, which Asgard likes. She also kind of can thrive off of their leadership because her not getting conditions or her removing damage is really helpful because the longer she's in the game, the more rerolls she's getting, the more throws and big attacks she's getting off as the game goes on. That sort of Asgard staying power shows up. She's a great Avenger and Steve and Sam both. Um, Sam giving her a little bit of healing and movement and Steve giving her tons of economy. It's really great. But let's talk about some interesting final picks. She's pretty good at Midnight Suns because the place on top of all of her places is pretty weird. Now, are you going to have room for you in your Midnight Suns all the time? Not often. She'd be in your 10 and she'd be one of those flex pieces to help you get around the map better ways, you know, which I think is really cool. But she shockingly has a lot of movement in a team that has any sort of places, right? And we're going to return to the theme shortly, but it's like she's already placing transforming moving placing again then you can bump like there's things that can happen she could just completely shift from one flank to another flank with ease you know and kind of shift the battle so very interesting she's good in that way in that team i don't think she's bad in the guardians at all in fact i think she's a pretty cool guardians member because just giving her more dice consistency and she's another three threat character which they like is great wing it tokens sing on her because she's already got oh, all yeah. these other things going on like fishing for that wild on her normal side to get the pull and fishing for more damage consistency on her big side to get more strike power off really good stuff she also gives them a little bit of control that they're lacking so you could probably even play her in that drag spot i'd like to try her in hydra honestly in a weird way just to like very interesting get her more power with the red skull leadership every turn makes a lot of sense just works but if you're playing the strucker leadership she's not really giving conditions that's not really her thing but like there's so many other things going on with that roster that like she can be her own piece a big part of like one of her only weaknesses is that if your opponent hyper focuses her they can take care of her and get rid of her right but if she can kind of do her own thing and last the whole game she's getting to do all these things on her card and be really effective it's kind of like a venom scenario right like venom if he goes down early it just feels really really bad but if he got to live the whole game and always spend all his power every turn and do all of his things every turn she's kind of like a venom light in that way so it's a fun way to think about it but you got to close up with her most interesting and final teams for me that i play her in almost always i play her in web warriors and x-men in particular so we'll talk about web warriors first miles gives her one more defensive reroll which is crazy (laughs) okay so she's legitimately tanky at that point she is and of course miles part of his great responsibility leadership you can modify skull results if you're holding or contesting an objective So on top of that, too, she gets some synergy with Miles in the sense of making her defenses really consistent because we said skulls are the only thing that kills her. And then on her attacks in the Abigan form, you're not worried about skulls as much because you can... You can re-roll a, you can yeah. re-roll a skull right with Miles' leadership. So it gets around your your worst case scenario right in that in that sense, which is really cool. But X Men, so I play her in the Uncanny Gold X Men Gold. 
for a couple of reasons. One of the reasons she's got four energy defense, which they do lack. They have very few characters that have that even access to that storm, of course, is the honorable mention. But on top of that, Chris, she's got a lot of mobility in her own kit, which they like. Then you start adding storm hops into that and things get crazy. They get gross. They get crazy. There could be things that you do that your opponent just never foresaw where it's like you, you embiggen. So you place within range one, you move medium, you storm hop off of someone within range two, you place range one of them while you're a large base, and then you move medium again. And all of a sudden you're somehow in your opponent's deployment, right? <laughs> like just things that they just didn't even think were at possible at all, right? There's even things you can do too with with Uncanny X-Men to make sure she gets those embiggen strikes off, right? So if you want to use her aggressive piece on there, you can as well. And then last, but certainly not least, probably the most important, as Chris mentioned, she's really good with four energy defense at these energy defense pay to flips, right? Yes. Deadly meteors and spider portals. Spider portal she likes better because deadly meteors does do damage, which she does not love, but she also kind of guarantees you flip it. So it's like a trade-off, but spider portals, she genuinely loves. It's a D shape. It's really spread. She can get between them easily. Your opponent can't. She can flip them easily. Your opponent can't. She can pull them off, then flip them. She can throw them off, then flip them. She can do a lot of cool things in X-Men control-wise on top of switching to attrition when she needs to. So I think player in any team you want, because obviously the list goes on. She she works in all these teams because we've talked about what she needs is more power and just more consistency. And like X-Force gives her that. Wakanda gives her that. Wittergard gives her that in a way of sustaining, you know, like she's never being staggered, right? She's never being in Wittergard. She's never, you know what I mean? Like she's maybe not even being pushed right in that team. So time will tell where her best splashes are. But I honestly think at the moment, her best splashes are Web Warrior and X-Men. And that's that's cool because we already know she's a great Avenger and great Inhuman, right? It's true. And I think those are two teams we're going to be seeing a lot of with the recent crises changes. And I'm yes. kind of into that idea. And I'm into her into this new crisis world, Chris. Same. With more extracts on the table, she's actually a higher value character because she can reach those extracts with her stretchy arm. And just her insane movement, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And not not dropping them through all those transformations is also wonderful. Give her a try, guys. She's a good character. And if you're playing her with the Web Warriors, please, please take the tactics card. Please make Miles do cool things. But yeah, no, yes, she is please. a good character. I mean, we we love every character in this game on the show. And we always talk about their value every time we do an episode. And we, and we stand by that. But I mean, she's legitimately a really good, really strong character. She just requires a lot of work. And I think that's makes her even more rewarding, honestly. Yeah, if you're willing to put in the work with her, definitely you will be rewarded. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Find us online, find the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast and Instagram, Facebook, and Twitch at Fury's Finest. Email us at Fury's Finest at gmail.com with any inquiries, ideas, or collaborations. And leave us reviews on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. We see you guys. It means a lot. Like Jesse said, every review counts please continue to rate review and subscribe guys we really really appreciate it of course you can find chris and i online you can find me jesse on pretty much everywhere at jesse aiken that's j-s-s-e-e-a-k-i-n and of course you can also find me on long shanks there and you can find me on discord at fury's finest chris where can everyone find you can find me on twitter at chris bruffett b-r-u-f-f-e-t-t 
I am Chris Bruffett on Longshanks, and I am Strong Style on Discord. Well, this was a fun episode, Chris, and a fun episode to kind of close out our year of our primary show. It's been a good year, and we're going to talk about that very soon on the wrap-up. Yeah, this is a fun way to end it, honestly. That's my, my favorite part. Absolutely. And I do believe you've inspired me to try her at least once in Spider-Foes, but we'll, we'll yeah. see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we will see you in the new year. So thanks for listening. True believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything would surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. 